Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine and sponsored by Steer. Broadcasting today from Agreco Studios. Agreco, powering the Permian. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto. Today, we have another great show lined up for you. We will be joined by Shell Magazine's editor, David Blackman. Today's topic will be on a troubling project named Trafigera, so you don't want to miss that. But first, let me talk to you about the latest issue of Shell Magazine. Another great issue and another great cover. You will never guess who we were able to catch up with and discuss a little bit about the Permian Basin area. There's an area out there called Alpine High, and we were able to get an exclusive story from Steve Keenan with Apache Corporation, who was the main, main person behind discovering Alpine High uh, in the Permian Basin area and uh, New Mexico area. So if you're interested in in that, this is a story that you don't want to miss. Uh, and if you're interested in reading the latest issue of Shell Magazine, please go to shellmag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com to read all all about Steve Keenan, the main person behind Alpine High. And now it's time to bring on the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, it's another beautiful day in Texas. It sure is. Uh, You know, it seems like we're starting to finally make that transition from being uh, super wet, super cold, to finally getting into uh, a little bit warmer weather and hopefully hopefully the sun will be out uh, soon and stay out there have you by the way have you seen anything on Facebook I've seen a lot of different uh, little posts about how uh, Canada has uh, gotten drunk and forgotten uh, their way back home with the weather Uh, some (laughs) kind of funny little post about Canada go home you're drunk and and you're drunk in Texas but we want to sober up and go home Exactly. So let's get into uh, current events because there's a lot of strange and interesting things happening in the world of oil and gas. Uh, one most notably is the uh, that ExxonMobil and Chevron made big announcements this week, of course, about their Permian Basin operations. Tell me what is going on out there. Well, big things. I tell you what, uh, these two companies are, are basically, uh, in my view, turning their Permian Basin operations into really just the manufacturing business. They, they never drill a dry hole. They take the product uh, out of the ground. They, they process the gas in their own facilities. They transport it on their own pipelines. They refine the oil in their own refineries and they ship it out to market. It's, it's an amazing thing. And they are, uh, this week they, they made some, some kind of stunning projections over what their production will be going forward. Chevron, uh, says that by 2023, it's going to be producing 900,000 barrels of oil per day out of its Permian Basin operations alone. And Exxon is even bigger than that, uh, projecting it'll be producing a million barrels a day as early as 2024. So by, by 2024, these two companies alone are going to be producing almost half the amount of oil and gas liquids 
as the entire state of Texas is producing today. And that's just five years down the road. That's it's incredible. It's it's uh, it, it, it just it just tells you how rich that resource is out there and how much more room there is for it to continue growing. Uh, these projections that some are making that it's, you know, getting close to reaching its peak or are just, I'll say, uninformed, I think is the best way to put it. A very nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's why we have this show, right? So we can keep everyone informed and uh, you don't have to be an oil and gas expert. Uh, you're going to learn from uh, listening to our show. Uh, changing gears a little bit, there has been a lot of uh, information coming out on my Facebook page about what is going on in Colorado. There's a lot. Um, and once again, it's under attack, the industry, of course. And it, you know, it just never seems to stop out there. But this new bill from the their legislators um, right now is, it's from what I can pick up on Facebook, it's really bad and really serious. So break down what's happening out there for us. Yeah, it's Senate Bill 19-181. Um, it's it's brought by uh, the Democrat majorities, both the Speaker and the, the Senate Majority Leader or co-sponsors up there, uh, both houses of the legislature dominated by Democrats. And um, basically, this bill would completely change the way oil and gas is regulated in Colorado. Uh, it would shift completely shift the focus of the Conservation Commission up there uh, from, you know, ensuring uh, their oil and gas resources are efficiently produced and not wasted, which has always been the mission of every state regulatory agency in the country, to one of protecting the environment and endangered species. And it would also uh, give broad new authorities to local communities to regulate oil and gas operations in, in their counties and cities, which, you know, the, the, the best way and the most efficient way, as we demonstrate day to day in Texas, to regulate this industry, particularly its downhole operations, um, is at the state level so that it's consistent, uniform, and everybody knows what to expect. When you have hundreds of different cities and counties doing their own regulations on oil and gas operations, it's going to make it virtually impossible for companies to continue operating in the state of Colorado. And of course, that's that's really the intention of this bill. So it's it's a big fight. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to see how it goes up there. I know all the companies are are doing the best to pre prevent it from going through. But it's like you said, they just got past this big uh, initiative fight uh, during the election last November and, and beating that back. And now three months later, they're in a big fight in the legislature, uh, you know, over the same kind of stuff. And I remember when you and I went to Colorado to go interview Doug Suttles, the uh, CEO of Encana, who is now purchased some assets here in Texas and are, yeah, are Newfield more... exploration. Yeah. They right. purchased Newfield. I wonder uh, what the fate of, of that uh, oil and gas company is uh, in lieu of, it just seems like you're right. Every time they turn around, they're under attack out there in Colorado. Well, the good news for Encanta is that they have a big, huge position in the Permian basin. So they're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What let's look to Texas. Um, what's happening here in Texas. You I remember Back in January, you had predicted when when our legislators start up that there was going to be a hot uh, hot ticket item uh, for the Texas legislators to grapple with, and that was going to be intimate domain was going to become a big issue. Yeah. And on Monday, there was a hearing this past Monday that was pretty contentious. 
Um, do you think it has the support necessary to move through on the process, or, or where are we with that? Uh, uh, well, subject? yeah, it's it's a big deal, and it's been a big deal every session since 2011. Um, Senator Colcourst out of uh, Brenham, Lois Colcourst, uh, is well-intentioned, and she brings these bills every session. And the industry attempts to negotiate a compromise with her every session, and it always seems to fail. Um, and it's not just the oil and gas industry. Uh, agriculture gets involved. Cities and counties get involved. Landowner organizations get involved. And it's just a very difficult nut to crack and get to a solution that, that really works for everyone. Um, and it's coming at a time, unfortunately, when, when the industry you know, is, is building a lot of pipelines to carry crude oil and natural gas out of the Permian Basin in the market. And An so absolute very, necessity, by the way. Right. right. It's a very, it's, you know, and, and we have to have these pipelines. And so, unfortunately, you end up in the legislature where no one, you know, is really an expert on the subject rather than at the regulatory agency that governs all this stuff. And uh, it's unfortunate. It's going to be a big fight for the rest of the session. And uh, I suspect at the end of the day, the bills will die because there's not going to be uh, any kind of good compromise on them. Interesting. Well, let's uh, hope that your prediction comes true on this, on that as well. Uh, we do have to take a quick break. When we return, I want to switch gears and take us back here to Texas and some things happening around here that are pretty important as well. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. In the Oil Patch Radio Show is proud to bring you this week's Energy Minute, produced by shalemag.com. Here's Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your current industry update. The Green New Deal has dominated the energy news lately, prompting some supporters of the measure to push a traditional old line. They have to propose these radical ideas because it is the only way to save the planet, and they simultaneously claim that Republicans don't care. This is a complete farce. Right now, other countries are polluting the air and water at a thousand times the rate that's happening here in America, and we can't do anything anything to stop them. While some think that we should shut down our own hydrocarbon production, this will only boost production in areas that do so to the detriment of the environment. So tell policymakers this. We want to produce as much energy here at home where we know it is being done responsibly. That is how we'll protect the environment. This is Ryan Sitton, and that's your Energy Minute. Listen to In the Oil Patch Radio and keep up with the oil and gas industry online at shalemag.com. Agreco has been powering the Permian Basin for over 10 years, supporting Permian producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. Agreco supports power systems as small as a single 200 kilowatt to as large as a 50 megawatt power plant. So when your utility power is delayed, call on Agreco to engineer a diesel, natural gas, or battery solution to fit your needs. We have immediate availability right here in the Permian Basin. Call 1-800-AGRECO or online agreco.com. Hi, this is Kim Bilotto, host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Do you have questions on global warming? How about seismicity, air quality, water issues? What's OPEC? What's OPEC Plus? Oil prices and gas prices? You probably have a bunch of questions. And now there is a place for you to go and ask your questions and get answers. Starting every second Saturday of the month at 2 p.m., we will have a live call-in show in which John Tatera, the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, 
will be joining me in studio to answer all your questions. So be sure to take advantage of getting your most important oil and gas questions answered live and join us on the show. The call-in live line is 210-526-3656. Again, the call-in live number is 210-526-3656. Be sure to call in at 2 p.m. If you want more information on how to call in live or the phone number again, be sure to email us at radio at shalemag.com. That's radio at s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g.com. Or just go to our Facebook page in the Oil Patch Radio Show. You'll find the information there as well. Would love to talk to you every second Saturday at 2 p.m. So be sure to call in. I'd love to get your questions answered. So be sure to call in at area code 210-526-3656. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. Visit our website shalemag.com And we're back. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show and our guest today is David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine. David, um, before the break, we were talking about uh, what's happening as far as uh, here in Texas with our elected officials. You know, we're in session. It only comes every two years. So it's a very, very important topic. Also, some of the things happening in Permian Basin. I want to switch gears, though, and ask you, what did you think about last week's show in which I interviewed the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, Sean Strawbridge? Oh, that that was a great show. You know, Sean... Sean is so well-spoken and informative, you know, he, uh, and he has so many things going on and I'm glad you actually brought that up because you had actually, um, and you and Sean talked about this in last week's show a bit. Uh, you had written a, uh, about three weeks ago, I guess now, uh, an opinion piece in the Corpus Christi Caller Times, uh, talking about this, uh, ongoing kind of debate between the Port of Corpus Christi and this Swiss company, uh, called Trafigura, uh, which is trying to build a deep water terminal, uh, offshore oil export terminal in the Gulf of Mexico, and and the controversy that's arisen about that. And I, I thought it was an interesting thing for you to do, and just kind of wanted to talk about uh, the reasons why you decided you wanted to get into that debate yourself at that particular time. And, and kind of, you know, flesh those issues out more on this show. I think it'd be good for the listeners to have more detailed explanation about what's going on there. Well, you know, David, it's no secret. Obviously, um, we should all really understand how important oil and gas is to our existence, um, our way of life, um, and the benefits that we enjoy every single day. That being said, I so I get it. I truly support it. Uh, and so you, you'll you rarely hear me uh, taking a, an opinion that is something negative towards the industry. However, uh, this is a little bit of a different, uh, this is a little different thing to me. This is, um, we have an advocating uh, organization called TEAK, Texas Energy Advocates Coalition, and it's part of uh, a branch of shale and, uh, of course, of the radio show. 
but it's a bunch of advocates that are from different walks of life, not necessarily even involved in oil and gas in any way, but they also, like me, see the benefit of oil and gas. And with this project, uh, what I was able to determine is if we're going to have uh, a, a proposed offshore port and it's it seems like it's hiding under a Texas friendly name as Texas Gulf Terminals. And, and, and I look at it and I started to read about it. And it, first of all, it's a Swiss commodity based company. And I started to wonder um, how much experience do they really have in this area? Um, and then I started to read on and realize that they were proposing to put 13 nautical miles near Padre Islands National Seashore. Um, and that was a problem for me. And because it's offshore, um, there's a lot of problems there with environmental risk. Um, there could also be an environmental catastrophe on the shoreline, uh, on Corpus Christi shoreline. Um, and, you know, truly, when I got to really dissect what they were proposing, a lot of things were scary to me. And, and, and that's, you know, you just touched on a really good point, I think, that, that they're actually kind of having a problem with in their permitting process with the federal government. Um, the Corps of Engineers and at least one other federal agency uh, has has raised quite a few problems with the oil spill response plan uh, that Trafigura had included in its permit applications. Isn't that correct? Yes, um, they have a lot of problems with it. And I think also, though, something for us to keep in mind is that there's only been one that was approved um, of anything like this. Basically, what this company is doing is using an oil statue that was created back in 1974, and it's called the Deep Water Port Act. Um, and they're using that to be able to try to lay 13 miles of a of of a you know pipe, if you will, um, under this. Padre Island National Seashore. And and so right. one, it's got a very bad location too. This really hasn't been done. Only one was done, uh, a permit process. And that was back, remember when we had the oil embargo. So it was created specifically for that reason. We no longer are in that time. So there's a lot of issues with this company. Um, you, you Google them and you start really seeing that they um, have had issues in other areas, uh, uh, lots of problems all over the world with the company itself, its integrity as a company, how it operates. Um, there have been some investigations. So I, I want to know more. And so I started to ask questions. And that's kind of what led me to the piece that I, I did put in um, the Corpus Christi Caller Times on this specific company. Yeah. And, and, and of course, this this project, this proposed project is coming at the same time that the Port of Corpus Christi uh, has two different expansion projects going on, major expansion projects, one with its its main channel there in Corpus Christi and another at Harbor Island, which is uh, sits adjacent to Port Aransas uh, along the Intracoastal Canal. Um, what, are, what are the status of, of those two projects with, with that the port is operating on? Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of activity going on with the port. Uh, but before I get into that, I want to just kind of back up and just, you know, make a statement. The Port of Corpus Christi has been around for over a hundred years and it is regulated by 
um, TCEQ. There's all kinds of oversight, state uh, regulation, federal regulations. There are good operators, and they have 100 years of history to prove it. Um, and then um, we have um, this company, Trafigera. So um, when I look and I compare between the ports projects that they're proposing Trafigera's projects that they're proposing, is there another solution uh, that might be utilized that has a lot more protection for the environment and, of course, for the coastline than what Trafigera might be possibly offering? So when we return from break, David, I do want to get into the specifics of the Port of Corpus Christi, but we do have to take a quick break. You're listening to End the Wool Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Plan your next meeting or event at Victoria College's Emerging Technology Complex, home to the state-of-the-art conference and education center, conveniently located between Houston and Corpus Christi. The center hosts meetings, educational workshops, and banquets for up to 300 people with the latest in technology amenities and ample parking. Let their professional meeting planners make your next event a success. For more information, go to conferenceinvictoria.com. Once again, that's conferenceinvictoria.com. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine. And David, um, before the break, you and I were talking about, or I was kind of talking about, to me, the differences between a long history of 100 years with the Port of Corpus Christi and then a new company that's coming in proposing to do an offshore buoy, if you will, named Trafigera. Um, And I think, um, you know, the question that you asked me was, um, there are, what is the latest on the Port of Corpus Christi, their expansion projects, and um, where they are. Uh, You know, when I interviewed Sean last week, the most impressive thing to me was the uh, Corpus Christi Ship Channel Improvement Project that's going on. Uh, One, because it's, it's a federal program, and we haven't seen... Um, that activity in many, 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 many years. And I'm also very happy to know that starting next month that the dredging, the dredging will already begin and, and they're on their way to being completed. Um, so one of the projects is well on its way. Uh, the other project... Right, the Harbor Island project, you know, that they are doing in partnership with the Carlisle Group, um, it's a, I think the price tag on it is like $220 million. Uh, and and what, they, what they are planning to do is, is put a terminal there at Harbor Island, which is just a few miles from the mouth of the Gulf of, the Gulf of Mexico, uh, there on the intracoastal waterway. Um, and 
that that terminal will be uh, they'll be able to put that in next year by the it'll be active next year and it'll be able to land this biggest class of super tankers the VLCCs as they're called and you know so that they have that going on they have the dredging operation there at the main channel going on uh, and so they're not really looking for this new terminal out in the deep waters of Gulf of Mexico that's going to create all this traffic congestion and conflicts there uh, in that particular area. You know, you have this long-term business that's just trying to to improve its process, and, and they're spending an awful lot of money getting it all in place. And I think the other thing, to, though, to think about as a community, because everyone is well aware that I have a vested uh, stake out there, I actually live out there, is, you know, when we talk about onshore uh, and we're talking about the Port of Corpus Christi. It's not out in international waters, so it's going to create jobs. It's going to have regulation at a local level, state level, and then of course a federal level as well. Right. Um, right. And then just the 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 time. If there is some kind of an emergency, they have emergency plans in place, and they would know immediately. So there's a lot of um, you know different things that come to you know come to my mind when I'm thinking about the Port of Corpus Christi's track record and and understanding that there's already been operators out there, FINA and ExxonMobil, I believe. Yeah, there was a big oil tank farm out there at, at one time. I think a lot of the tanks are still there, actually. Yes, and so they would have the oversight, um, the uh, opportunities for us to move these big tanks there and place them there versus somewhere way, way offshore. Um, to me, I think that those are um, important factors for us to consider. Governor Abbott, at the end of the day, will actually be the the main um, decision maker on that. And then, of course, um, the deepening of uh, the Port of Corpus Christi's main channel. So that being said, David, you know, we've talked about the port's history and its ability to, to show that it truly can be a really good um, operator, if you will. Um, what are your thoughts on the current status of the of the deepening and widening of the Port of Corpus Christi, its main channel? Yeah, I mean, my understanding of that is is it's like a three year project, so it's going to be you know fully completed around 2022 or 2023. Um, but you'll you'll be able to to begin landing those uh, those super te- super carriers uh, sooner than that as the project progresses, right? And so uh, as it progresses down the channel you'll be able to land more and more of those VLCCs as time goes on. And and that's going to be very important with all this oil coming, you know, into the port uh, in the future because uh, the production isn't going to slow down and, and it needs to find a home to be refined. So a lot of it has to go overseas. Excellent. When we return from break, I want to get back on um, Harbor Island, the project. But we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C., 
and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Become a member today by visiting TexasAlliance.org. we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine. David, um, before the break, we were talking a lot about the Port of Corpus Christi. They have uh, two expansion projects ongoing right now. Um, And, you know, I think some of the confusion is that there's, uh, well, not I think, there is a lot of confusion between what's happening at the port and what's happening with this traffic era. And and I can see in some ways that the citizens are really, uh, could be possibly confused because there seems to be a lot of activity. Um, There is multiple onshore terminals right now that are being proposed. And um, this is kind of leading up to some of the confusion of what's happening in our in in our area. But, you know, the the one thing that I do want to hit on is the the two uh, expansion projects that are coming out of the port. You know, the, the one in Harbor Island specifically, it's it's like there it's 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 almost already completed yeah it's funded and permitted and and well underway and so uh, you know looking at we've got great history i would believe the residents out there already have experience uh in handling these big vessels coming through um and it is onshore so it's monitored versus um trafigera which would actually circumvent the uh, Port of Corpus Christi and all of those great paying jobs to have, you know, an unmanned um, uh, facility is is kind of troubling to me. So that being said, I I, I do want to talk about the permitting process on uh, Traffic Era because um, you and I had a discussion offline about what it was going to take for Trafigera to get permitted. Yeah. And um, I want to go over that because I'm not sure that everybody really understands. Um, maybe they think that um, this company is going to have the same kind of regulations that the Port of Corpus Christi will and even in their permitting process. And um, that's not so. So talk to me a little bit about what is Trafigera's hoops that they have to go through. Yeah, that's a lot of hoops. Uh, so they have, uh, because they have chosen to uh, locate their terminal 13 miles offshore, that's in federal waters. So they have to obtain a federal permit, and there's like six different federal agencies that have to sign off on it uh, at the end of the day. And then, you know, they have this pipeline that's coming onshore uh, and intertech connecting with, with the uh, onshore pipeline system in South Texas. And that's all uh, underneath Texas state waters go out 12 miles. And so they're just outside of state waters. And so all that line under the state waters has to be permitted by the state. Um, and that includes uh, both the Texas Council on Environmental Quality and the, the Texas General Land Office and the governor's office will ultimately have to sign off on, on the state permits for this facility. So they have a lot of hoops to jump for. They're having problems with it. Um, like I said earlier in the show, there have been objections raised by the Corps of Engineers and, and one of the other federal agencies uh, related to the oil spill response plan uh, and also on on their their plans to, to capture air emissions such as uh, the regulations are out in the Gulf. And, and that's quite honestly one of the reasons why I think they probably chose to cite the terminal itself in federal waters is they don't have to comply 
with the Texas air emission laws, which would require them to put a lot more emissions capture equipment on that terminal than they have to do in federal waters. So, and let's break that. Let's break that down, though, because in my mind, obviously, everyone talks about air quality, and when we look at, first of all, these big ships that come in, um, if they were to come into the port. They would be required by TCEQ standards, right? Which is um, right, yeah. To actually put a, a capturing mechanism in place to capture these uh, vapors, which are right. you know not good vapors to be being released. But if but if they're approved, the Texas Commission of Environmental Quality would not be regulating the air quality for them. Yeah, the, the TCEQ has more strict standards uh, on capturing those emissions than than the federal government does out in the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, so, you know, I mean, that's one reason to to site the terminal out there in the deep waters to avoid that cost. And if you're an environmentalist, which, by the way, I think we all are, you know, we all live on the planet and we all care about our air quality. um, I would think that I would um, have a problem with you. We don't want these vapors being released. Um, And then when you look at the wind, of how it actually blows out there in the Corpus Christi area. It blows southwest, which typically would mean where this traffic era project is proposed to be, it would actually blow it back into the windshield of the Corpus Christi area and surrounding counties, probably taking them at some point out of air attainment, meaning businesses are going to have to pay more in taxes uh, to operate, and uh, it's just not a good health thing as well. Well, and I think that helps to explain why the local officials there in Corpus Christi, so many of them have kind of lined up to oppose the project. You you talked about that in your Corpus Christi caller piece. Can you want to talk about some of the, the local officials and, and state reps and senators who have lined up against the project? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking, you know, the list was was um, impressive as far as to me. This is not such a good idea. Um, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, uh, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, uh, the U.S. Coast Guard. And here are the members of uh, our Texas legislators against this project as well. And they, by the way, David, they're coming from both sides. Right. It's Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. Senator Hinojosa. Um, there's um, Cole Course is against it. Brainham is against it. Zaffarini's against it. Uh, Albert Herrero is against it. And then Todd Hunter, of course, is against it as well. They're all opposed to this deep water port project. So, um, you know, when you think about why are all of these government agencies and elected officials saying not sure if we want to do this? A lot of it has to do with the non-regulation part of them being parked in international waters. And I think the other part is where they're where they're proposing the site to be. Um, being next to the national seashore, 13 miles uh, off of the national seashore. You think about that, David. Anything goes wrong. Anything. Uh we have some kind of a spill in some way. This is going, this is going to wash up on our uh, seashores there in Corpus Christi. So when we return from break, I want to get into the deeper topic of what they're proposing specifically, if that's okay, and what the potential could be if we would have a spill. But you're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. 
Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923, and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. Hi, this is Kimball Otto, host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show, starting every second Saturday of the month at 2 p.m. we will have a live call-in show in which John Tatera, the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, will be joining me in studio to answer all your questions. So be sure to take advantage of getting your most important oil and gas questions answered live and join us on the show. The call-in live line is 210- 526-3656. Again, the call-in live number is 210-526-3656. Be sure to call in at 2 p.m. If you want more information on how to call in live or the phone number again, be sure to email us at radio at shalemag.com. That's radio at shalemag.com. Or just go to our Facebook page in the Oil Patch Radio Show you'll find the information there as well. We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And our guest today is David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine. David, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, the projects that the Port of Corpus Christi is proposing as a solution for something that's just going to happen, period. We need somewhere for these big vessels to uh, load and unload. So we've got a couple of competing projects, uh, the Port of Corpus Christi versus Trafigera, right? And so we have choices here. Um, but I want, to re- I want you to remind me of a spill that occurred uh, in the 70s. Yeah, the Bay of Campeche spill. Yeah, uh, I, I know there's a lot of people out there who uh, hopefully aren't as old as I am, but old enough to remember that uh, I, I don't remember the exact year. I think it was 74, 75. There was a, a gigantic blowout in, um, in Mexican waters of the Gulf of Mexico down the Bay of Campeche. Uh, and this well burned for, I mean, it was, it was like the deep water horizon. It burned for weeks and weeks. And if you remember those tar balls washed up all over Padre Island and Mustang Island for years and years after that. Oh, I they mean, were gross. It, yeah. It, it was, was terrible. It was terrible. Uh, you know, I grew up down in South Texas and was at Port Aransas a lot. And you, you know, for a while there, you couldn't hardly walk on the beach without getting tar all over your feet. So that's, you know. I, I, and I don't want to overstate this. That's not really the concern at the Trafigura operation. But each one of these tankers has three million barrels of oil capacity or more in them. And if you did have a major spill uh, at that facility, 
you know, if their oil spill response plan is inadequate, as several of these federal agencies have weighed in to say already, um, then you could have a similar type of occurrence happen along the Texas beaches. And, you know, maybe the odds of it are, are fairly slim, but the, but the reality is that's, that's a possibility. So I, at the very least, uh, you know, the federal government needs to be damn sure that the oil spill response plan is completely adequate if they're going to permit that facility because because, you know, I mean, we just don't need that on the Texas beaches. We don't. Not on, not on Corpus Christi. And, you know, the other thing is, and and maybe we need to go back into history of a lesson kind of learned or, or down memory lane, if you will. The Deepwater Horizon was, their spill was estimated to be 3.19 million barrels. So you think about it, 3 million barrels are could be spilt into the Gulf of Mexico, possibly you know, at some point, if they have a, a problem, and then the deep water horizon spill was three point nineteen million. They're not too far apart; those numbers, and we all remember what happened to the shoreline, and the fact that this is an unmanned type of proposed facility. I don't know. I just think that there's just a lot of risk, and um, we have a solution uh, that is one that is onshore, where there will actually be living people watching and there will be a plan of action in place in case there the, the the oh my god should happen um and so when i look at this because i love corpus christi so much uh to me it's kind of a no-brainer we need a lot more information and so i i just want to say this there is still a chance that trafigera will not be approved and it is going to be where um there will be uh, or Governor Abbott at the very end will decide uh, if he is going to approve this or not. And, yeah, and, uh, that's right. and my yeah. hope is, is that um, he takes it into consideration that if Texas is the model for the world to look at with regulation and oversight, and we do really doggone good work with making sure that we are very, very safe, this is not something that we need in Texas. That's all I'm saying. Well, and we, and we have this great port that's that's Texas owned and Texas managed, and and I think what the best best approach for the state of Texas is to support the Corp, port of Corpus Christi, and try to get the projects it it wants done expedited as quickly as possible. Well, you know, David, what I hope is that today's show has been enlightening for our listeners, but I really encourage uh, all of our listeners to. Uh, Call Governor Abbott's office or email him. Um, if you go to Texas Energy Advocates Coalition um, on Facebook, or you can Google us, which is txenergyadvocates.com, all the information on the Trafigero project can be found on this website. It'll give you all the information you need. But the governor needs to hear our voices. In my opinion, he needs to hear that um, we need a lot more oversight and we need um, a lot more answers. And so I'm hoping that um, he will um, either not approve it currently at this time in its current form. Uh, I mean, I do. I'm not against, again, projects. I, I want to be clear. We need infrastructure. But um, maybe there is a way that um, they... Um, can come into some form of regulation because and unless they have that, I'm just completely opposed to it. Well, I agree with you. It's good for people to get involved. And just remember, everybody, if you don't get involved, if you don't make your voices heard, then you don't have any right to complain afterwards. So 
just uh, making a phone call is an easy thing, sending an email is an easy thing, and uh, it doesn't take long to do it. Exactly. So, well, David, that is all the time we have for this show, but I do want to thank you for coming on and talking uh, with me about the Traffic Error Project. I know it's a project that is um, concerning for me, and I, I know you definitely are very well informed to, to walk us through what I wasn't quite sure about in certain areas. So thank you. And and I do want to leave our listeners with the website one last time, which is TXEnergyAdvocates.com. David, once again, thank you for being a guest on the show today. Thank you. Now it's time for trivia. Be the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shellmag.com and you will have a chance to win a $75 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, the amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Today's question is, what's the name of the Texas Railroad Commissioner that provides us all the information to produce the Energy Minutes? Well, that's all the time that we have for this show, but please be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch. Or follow us on Twitter at ShellMag. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G. And if you have any questions for me, or if you have questions on oil and gas, I encourage you to email me at radio at shellmag.com. That's going to wrap up another great show. See you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews. Until then, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.